From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Brian Walsh, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, April 8th. Today, I'm joined by Impact Alpha reporter and DealFlow editor, Rudgali Sanadas, to hear how block power is upskilling workers and greening New York City. Welcome, Rudy. Hey, Brian. Great to be here. And later, Impact Alpha editorial director, Dennis Price, will share why startups are excited about turning their fans and customers into investors. But first, here's what you need to know from This Week in Impact Investing. In a stark new report, the IPCC, that's the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, says that global greenhouse gas emissions must peak by 2025 as fossil fuels are rapidly scaled down. But reducing emissions is not enough. Scientists say carbon will also have to be removed from the atmosphere to avoid catastrophic warming. Impact investors are taking a close look at carbon removal technology, hoping to cash in on cheaper and more efficient ways to remove carbon from the air. While the cost of renewables have fallen over the past decade, technology to directly suck carbon out of the air is still nascent, expensive, and energy-intensive. According to Climate Tech VC, the number of Climate Tech venture funds has doubled to 177 in just the last two years. The biggest categories are early stage and seed funds who have between $100 and $500 million to invest. Just this week, the women-led Voyager Ventures raised a $100 million climate tech fund, which will invest in technology for decarbonizing transportation, energy systems, and food and materials production. In other deal news, the asset manager Water Equity secured $153 million for water and sanitation investments. A subsidiary of Matt Damon's Water.org, Water Equity backs microfinance institutions, along with micro-utilities, toilet manufacturers, and water kiosks to improve access to clean water in emerging markets. Asset managers Lindable and Quona Capital backed the Egyptian digital lender Kazna. The Central Bank of Egypt, which aims to accelerate the digitalization of the country's financial sector, has struggled to reach the 35 million Egyptians without formal financial services and the 50 million without smartphones. Cairo-based Kazna is targeting Egypt's low- and middle-income and underbanked earners. And finally, Women's World Banking raised over $100 million to invest in women's financial inclusion. The New York-based nonprofit's second fund will invest in emerging markets financial services firms that focus on women, both as customers and employees. The fund has already made five investments, including the Kenyan farmers insurance startup called Pula. And now it's time for our featured conversation. Rudy, great to have you back on the podcast, although it's the first time that we're together on the podcast. And this week, you had a photo essay in Impact Alpha called Inside Block Power's Mission to Upskill Workers and Green New York City Buildings. Tell us more about Block Power and what they're getting up to here in New York, where we both are recording today. So what Block Power is doing in that building in the Bronx, which is on Ellis Avenue, is installing heat pumps to provide sustainable heating and cooling for the residents that are going to live in the units. So uh, remind us how heat pumps work. So heat pumps, essentially what they do is they absorb heat and release cool air in a building in the summer and absorb cool air and release heat in the winter. They're uh, more energy efficient and uh, cost effective than air conditioners and boilers, which um, you will find in most Uh, New York City buildings these days. Um, And also with heat pumps, tenants have 
will have lower energy bills, more space, since the old radiators in the units will be taken out. Um, and also, they won't need to buy air conditioners for cooling in the summer. So this is essentially a massive infrastructure upgrade, which lowers emissions and also lowers costs for, for residents, right? That's correct. Low-income residents, to be more specific. All right. Now, you did this photo essay in Impact Alpha, but photos don't really work for a podcast, which is a, a famous audio medium, not a visual medium. But can you uh, to walk us through and uh, describe what the scene was like up in the Bronx as you were a company of block power as they were working to install these heat pumps? It was really nice to see the work in person. You know, Brian, when I went to the building that was being retrofitted, I really wanted to highlight the folks that were doing the work on the ground. I feel that they often get overlooked in media coverage. And so, you know, it is refreshing to be able to, to tell their personal stories and how Black Power has impacted them. So on the ground, there were about half a dozen workers doing the wiring, setting up the heat pumps on the walls. And among those guys were uh, two of Black Power's civilian climate corps workforce. And what that program is, which I highlighted in the piece, is an upscaling uh, program that Black Power launched last year in partnership with the New York City government to train up to 3,000 workers annually while they're getting paid. Um, and that's in installing heat pumps, solar panels, Wi-Fi systems, and electric charging stations. So as Black Power is retrofitting old buildings in the city, those trainees get hands-on experience as well. So the Black Power model uh, it's not just about the trend of electrifying everything as a way to fight climate change, but also it's a social mission of upskilling people and giving people a training on the job for jobs of the future. That's correct. Building a green workforce and upskilling uh, local workers and communities that have been impacted by by gun violence. So wait, tell me about that. So how do they uh, how do they target the people that they are recruiting for this uh, jobs program? So Black Power work with local community partners that recruit members in their programs. And in the case of, of the two workers that were on the ground in that building that I was taking photos in, um, it was word of mouth. Andre Patterson, who had been working at a hospital in the Bronx when he found out about the Black Power program, told his friend Robert Rumpf, who had been incarcerated for about 26 years, um, he's out now, he's 56 years old, just got married. So they did the Black Power program together and, um, and as a result uh, became fully licensed HVAC uh, contractors, which was an amazing story to hear. So Black Power isn't just giving uh, low-income people access to clean sources of uh, heating and cooling, but they're also giving uh, people who have been maybe outside of the workforce for some time access to new employment opportunities. That's correct, Brian. And I understand that they're not just focused in New York City, right? Not at all. They currently have projects underway in more than 25 cities in the U.S., including uh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Baltimore, and Oakland. Um, they also recently secured a, a citywide partnership with the city of Ithaca in upstate New York to electrify and decarbonize its entire building stock by 2030. That sounds exciting, Rudy. Thanks so much for this photo essay. I really enjoyed it and encourage our listeners to check out your photo essay. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. Rudy, thanks so much for reporting and thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Brian. 
In recent years, investment in startups through online platforms, what's called equity crowdfunding, has exploded. But for some startups, raising money from the crowd has sometimes seemed anonymous and unstrategic. But what if we called such a raise a community round, similar to friends and family financing or angel investments? Well, a growing number of companies are adopting the term and projecting a different vibe. Impact Alpha's Dennis Price has the story now. In less than 24 hours last weekend, software development startup Replit raised more than $5 million from thousands of small investors on investment platform WeFunder. The campaign followed Replit's raise at a valuation of $800 million in a round led by Silicon Valley venture heavyweight Andreessen Horowitz. The catch? This time only Replit users could invest. Replit's only the latest company to raise such a community round. Companies from Gumroad, an e-commerce site for creatives, to Backstage Capital, a venture firm that backs diverse founders, have turned their fans, customers, and users into investors. Here's WeFunder's Johnny Price. They just wanted to let their customers invest in them because they thought that would be a great way to you know, build stronger relationships with their, their community, build engagement. Um, and so we're seeing kind of more and more companies WeFunder likes community rounds so much it wants the term to replace equity crowdfunding. Rather than an option startups turn to when they can't raise from traditional investors, Price thinks community rounds can complement other startup funding. Well, you know, you do an angel round, you do a friends and family round, you do a community round. It's it's kind of more in in kind of keeping with, you know, the the trajectory that a venture-backed startup might be on. Community-led startup investing is changing not only who gets to invest, but who gets funded? Companies with a black or brown founder last year received roughly a third of the nearly $500 million in online investments, compared to just 2.6% of venture capital overall. Subscription-based social network Fanbase, founded by Isaac Hayes III, son of the R&B legend, has raised nearly $6 million from thousands of investors across two community-led rounds on crowdfunding platform StarNagent. Fanbase's Ramiro Canovas estimates that 60 to 70% of those investors are Fanbase users. Ownership matters, and uh, we believe that part of being diverse is not having your typical social media platform where, you know, these, uh, you know, two, three entities own them, but actually the users owning the platform itself and owning their content, right? Fanbase is now looking to raise a new round of capital from professional investors. Far from hurting prospects with traditional VCs, Fanbase's community rounds provide validation. They're grasping the concept and they're saying, you know what, we, you guys have a really solid base of investors that believe in the app. This shows that, you know, there's something valuable here because, you know, if you have 100 investors, the chances of that not working probably, but when you have thousands of investors all over the place, there's people seeing value there. For Impact Alpha, this is Dennis Price in Austin, Texas. Thank you, Dennis Price, for that great report. And that's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks to Dennis, to Rudy, and to our producer extraordinaire, Isaac Silk. Subscribe to Impact Alpha to get full access to all of our content, including the Daily Brief. Right now, we're offering podcast listeners $100 off their first year subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code briefing100. I'm Brian Walsh, head of sustainability for the capital markets firm TPICAP. Until next time, take good care.